My parents declared me legally dead so they could drain my bank account and steal all my money. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I'm a 48-year-old male. My dad is 80 years old and my mom is 78. My parents made the first polite request for reconciliation after too much stuff has happened, including them declaring me legally dead. I'm not used to them accepting my choices or showing respect and I'm unsure how to deal with them or if I should talk to them at all. This story began over 30 years ago in Germany. I had just turned 16 years old and I was accused of stealing a neighbor's car and wrecking another neighbor's fence with it while running away from the police. I was sloshed when the police picked me up which is legal in Germany. I proclaimed my innocence, but nobody believed me. I was convicted and sentenced to 500 hours of community service because I was unrepentant. My parents used it as a tool to take away my time with my friends. They got a judge to agree that I had to work Fridays and Saturday evenings at the THW, which is an organization that will provide disaster relief and sometimes soup kitchens. I also lost my license for mopeds, and I could not get a driver's license until I was 20 years old. In addition, when I finally wanted to get my license, I would have to pass a psychological test. Also, the money that I had saved for a car, around 10,000 marks, was used to pay for the damages. Sadly, it worked. My friends soon lost interest in me because I was not available to party during the weekend. Also, we were very vehicle-oriented and I was destined to be a pedestrian for four years. An uncle of mine led the local THW and conveniently lost my timesheets for work done at the THW, which forced me to work there for 14 months. In total, I did more than 900 hours. The time there did teach me quite a lot and it was interesting work, which I probably would have liked if I was not forced to do it. My parents told me that they were doing it for my own good to save me from my friends and that they had asked my uncle to keep me there longer so that I would be forced to take responsibility for my actions. That time ended as all things do. I left unrepented and furious with them for essentially doubling my sentence. I was in great shape and did good in school as I lost my friends and had no interest in acquiring new ones after seeing how fickle they were. Focusing on academics was an outlet that was not forced on me by others and I enjoyed it. Then I found out who actually crashed the car. I told the police my parents tried to get my sentence repealed. I tried the retrial proceedings and failed because my sentence was already served. The guy who actually did the deed was sentenced to only 100 hours of community service. At his trial, it came out that several people had known it was him, including my parents, who made him pay for the damages almost a year ago. They had put the money in a bank account, which they told me I would get once I finished my education, school and university or apprenticeship. They also added 15,000 marks to the savings for the hours I had put in with the THW, which was a generous wage for a teenager. Still, I was furious with them because I would still have to wait till 20 to get a driver's license if they had told me sooner, I would have gotten the sentence repealed. Also, they might give me 25000 in about five years, but for now they had essentially stolen my savings and they were not giving it back while they thought I was too immature to make my own choices. After a huge fight, I took my tent and I camped out in the woods. I was still going to school but not coming back home. After a week, they called the cops on me, which took the tent and forced me to go home. I was 17. Once the police left, so did I. I went to school every day. I slept wherever I could, mostly barns and in the woods if the weather was good, as I had nowhere to tent. On occasion, the police found me. 
My parents called them every day for help. If I was caught, I would be forced to go home. They locked me in a room, but I simply waited for school and disappeared after school was out. Finally, I turned 18 years old. Now the police could not force me to go home. I only had half a year left of school to finish, so I continued like this. I had no friends because I smelled funny and no interest in getting any friends because I was hurt and I was not going to let anyone close to me hurt me again. Still, I managed to finish school with good grades. After school, I used the mandatory military service to disappear. I volunteered for service abroad, which meant Eastern Europe at that time. After two years, I was done and I had a nice nest egg. During my time in the military, I had no close friends, but at least I was no longer a pariah. I enrolled in a university and studied chemistry. I found three good friends and met my first girlfriend to whom I am now married. I was 29 years old and I was working on my doctorate when my parents managed to find me. Occasionally, they convinced the police to look for me as a missing case. The police usually found me. I told them I was fine but wanted no contact with my parents and that was it. The police told them that I was fine and they can't tell them where I was and that they should please stop involving the police. Then my parents had this genius idea. They filed paperwork that I died in an accident in Italy. They were my next of kin, so the police gave them my address. Meanwhile, my bank account was frozen. The university told me that I was no longer allowed to work on my doctorate while being dead, and lots of other things stopped working for me. Two days into this disaster, and my parents are in front of my flat and demand to talk to me, telling me that I forced them to take this step. They forced their way inside and tell me that they will stay until I am willing to talk to them and mend bridges. I told them if they insist, they can have the flat. Took my laptop, a few mementos, important documents, and a bag full of clothes. I left the keys and I walked out. It took me a few months to convince the bureaucracy that tales of my death were widely exaggerated. My landlord was very understanding and gave me everything back that was left in my flat after my parents understood that I would not be coming back. They mostly took the photos that I had in the flat. They left a letter which I burned. I was really pissed because being dead caused so many troubles. I was afraid that they would find me again, so I took a job in another city as soon as I finished my doctorate. That was 15 years ago, and now they have found me again. This time, they send a relative who told me that they were sorry that they did not want to explode when they found me and that they did not want to force me to abandon my flat back then, but their emotions got the better of them. They would respect it if I still want to know contact, but would love to have me and my wife for dinner. Honestly, I'm not sure what to do. What should I do? Some other random info. I never managed to get my driver's license. I failed the psychological evaluation because I was not willing to confront my so-called drinking problem. I would have had to show remorse for the driving incident I did not commit, so I gave up on that. I could probably get it now without the test, but I got used to not having a driver's license and I no longer want one. I never got the money from my parents and I don't need it. They probably still have it with interest in the accounts. They are self-right righteous jerks, but they did all of that in an attempt to bring me on the correct way. I am very certain that if I had contacted them and told them I am done with university and I have a job, please wire the money to that account, they would have done it. For me, no contact with them was more important at the time. So what should I do? So the money was supposed to be in the bank account that the OP would get once he finished his education, school and university or apprenticeship, and then an additional 15,000 marks to the savings account for the 
hours that he put in with the THW. Then he says a line that they also might have given him an additional 25000 in about five years, but for now, they had essentially stolen my savings. So all of that happened before they even declared him legally dead. They just used a legally dead genius strategy to be able to find where he is. If I had to guess, I probably created a whole lot more problems than just the one that he mentioned there. People are saying that for all of this trouble that the parents caused, he should sue them for this whole legally dead thing. And the OP responded back to one of these posts that said, that was a stupid idea. To be fair, they had tried to find me for 10 years at that time, but also made a really stupid decision in desperation. In the end, it was a lot of hassle, but no lasting damage done. But that was a long time ago. And today it's an anecdote my wife tells to friends and we all laugh. Time heals a lot of wounds, including this one. So unless he changed his mind now in his 40s, in the end, he stuck with what he was originally planning on doing, even to the point that he just lost out on all that money from the bank account. It sounds like that was not nearly as important as just for maintaining the no contact. So if you were going to give advice to the OP, what would you say? Would you tell him to make contact after all these years with his parents or keep things as they are? Let me know down below. If you'd like to submit your own stories to possibly be featured here on the podcast, go to the YouTube description, click the link to the social media links, and write in with your best personal stories. Am I the jerk for screaming at and banning my sister-in-law and niece from my house after they destroyed my houseplants? Years ago, I really got into houseplants and started to collect them. Over the years, I've had up to 70 houseplants, but whittled down my collection to about 35, just the ones that I really love. My niece Jenny, who's 14 years old, has developed an interest in plants and will come over and we will talk about them and she helps with propagation and repotting. I had to go out of town for two weeks to take care of some work. So I asked my sister-in-law and Jenny if they could come and plant sit for me. I told Jenny I would pay, but I also gave her a few cuttings as a trade-off. They agreed and when they came over, I gave a tour and explained the care they needed and also showed off a few prized plants. My sister-in-law asked how much a few of them ran me and I did share. This didn't seem weird because the family knows and I've gotten some plants as gifts. Well, I returned from the trip and I was horrified. They watered and gave the right amount of light, but they decided to give my plants haircuts, big ones. My prized Chebu Blue Pothos mother plant was destroyed. The climbing one too. My Manjula Pothos had done the same. My golden that I trained up my stairwell. My string of pearls, hearts, and ruby necklace all destroyed. My silver philodendron destroyed. The worst was that my pink princess philo had been reduced to two leaves and my album monstera is down to three. I don't think they got nodes necessarily. The plants are expensive and prized. I basically broke down and when they came to meet me to give my key back, I screamed and screamed at them. Jenny started crying saying I would give her cuttings so she thought it was okay. I screamed at her to go home and get what she stole from me and bring it back now because she knew I didn't mean she could destroy my effing plants. My sister-in-law got between us and said, what's done is done. I said, no way. You are returning everything. And Jenny said, Mom already sold most of them on Marketplace. I lost it. I just screamed and screamed at them until Jenny was crying and her mom got in my face and told me I was having tantrums over plants. I told her to get the F out of my house and don't ever come anywhere near me or my home again. I called my brother, my sister-in-law's husband, and he was shocked and said they told him I said it was all okay. He brought me the stuff she hadn't sold yet and apologized. I told him I 
never, ever want either of them in the same room as me again. They are horrible, awful, irredeemable people, and that I hope they both burn in hell where they belong. He told me he gets that I'm upset, but I'm taking it too far, and that family means not holding grudges. I told him to leave, and I cried for the rest of the day. I am posting because I need to know if I'm being over the top and if I'm overreacting. So, am I the jerk for telling them they are no longer welcome in my home and not even wanting them in the same room? This sounds more like a robbery. I mean, how in any way, shape, or form is Facebook Marketplace tied into this entire thing? That doesn't even make any sense. So she cut all the plants and tried to sell them for profit? There's no way that you could spin that to be like, oh, I accidentally thought that you wanted me to give your plants haircuts. Uh, I didn't know. If it was just that, then the clippings would be off to the side or thrown away because there probably wouldn't be that many. But she sounds like she straight up butchered these plants in order to make a profit off of it, which is exactly what happened. When it comes to the question of how could the brother not know, the OP later on said that he said he noticed they were carrying a lot back home after coming over here, but my niece said, auntie said it was okay over and over again. I do know some people that have extremely emotional attachments to their plants in the same way that somebody might have to their pets, like their dog or their cats or something. But I've never witnessed somebody going and just destroying those plants while they were away. Usually when this type of thing happens, it's some sort of exaggeration and the plant is not as healthy as before because they didn't water it enough, but this is totally different. So if this was you and they were your beloved plants and this happened to them, what would you do, jerk or not a jerk, and why? Am I the jerk for removing the bedroom lock after my husband ignored a family emergency? Here's some background about my husband. He stays up late at night and has to get up early to go to work. So he gets home at five. He has to get his two-hour nap in so he could both make up for lack of sleep and is ready to be up late to play with his console. He values his sleep and has one rule in the house that he enforces strictly, which is to not be interrupted while sleeping. He literally put a sign on the bedroom door that says, do not wake me up. Under any circumstances, just no. Unless someone's hurt or dead. Though in this case, he said he still wouldn't be much help anyway. The kids and I would sometimes wake him up for serious reasons, and so he got mad and started locking the door. I get no access to the room for two hours, but that's not the main problem. This past Tuesday, my three-year-old son had hot oil spill on his hand while his 14-year-old sister was cooking. I heard him scream and saw that the oil was covering his hand and half of his arm. I brought the first aid kit, but he was in so much pain and his skin looked really bad. I rushed to wake my husband up. I kept knocking, but got no response. So I tried to open it, but it was locked. I spent a while between knocking on the door. He had his phone turned off and getting dressed after my daughter asked the neighbor to drive us to the hospital. I couldn't waste more time because my son was crying. The neighbor took us to the hospital and I couldn't help but feel livid the whole time. We got home and my husband was pacing around asking where we were and why I didn't answer his texts. I blew up on him after I showed him our son's injury and I told him I pounded on that door to wake him up, but he said he had his earbuds on and didn't hear a thing. I called him reckless and neglectful for ignoring a family emergency. He said I could say the same thing about myself for leaving our son unsupervised and causing him to get a burn in the first place. I stopped arguing and went to remove the bedroom door lock. He started yelling at me saying I had no right. I refused to respond and I just walked off to calm down. He didn't stop complaining, calling me bossy, and saying that by removing the lock, I've destroyed his peace and quiet and caused him sleep deprivation. He's insisting I put the lock back on, but I refused. I could be wrong for what I've done,
on, but I was frustrated and mad. So was I the jerk? So the husband's normal routine every single day is to come home and nap after work because he wants to stay up super late to play video games. I mean, everyone's got their schedule, but that seems like one that makes it hard for the kids to ever see him on a daily basis. I used to know a guy that would come home from school and then sleep eight hours as soon as he came home from school and then would just stay up from that point all the way until the next day. And he seemed like he really liked it, like it really worked well for him, but he never got to meet anybody or hang out with anybody or see anybody because all the hours that he was awake when he wasn't in school, everyone else was asleep. But the difference is, is that guy didn't have kids. I mean, in this situation where they have to get the neighbor to drive them to the hospital, what if the neighbor wasn't available? I'm assuming they did that because the wife couldn't drive or didn't have access to the car or something. But what if the situation was really serious? Something where they couldn't wait for 911 to get there. They had to just leave right then and there. Let me know what you would do if you're in this situation as the wife and jerk or not a jerk and why. Don't forget to subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss the next stories. And if you want to listen to the next story in the background while you're doing something, there's a great playlist in the YouTube description that has you covered. I noticed a lot of you guys like to listen to stuff in the background and this is the perfect playlist for that or check out the podcast. Either way, thanks a lot for watching guys and I'll see you next time.